the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thank you for joining us today. The Word of God provides everything we need throughout our earthly existence. There is absolutely nothing that has, is, or will occur in our lives that is not covered by the blood of Jesus. Our sovereign God loves us so much that he created us in his own image and sacrificed his only begotten sinless son to cover all of our sins. When we surrender our all to him, we begin to experience the greatest love of all and become recipients of eternal life. Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today. And Father, we love you and thank you. What a precious time of recognition of our soldiers, active and veterans. Now help me preach a word and let those who have ears to hear hear what the Spirit of God has to say. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's children said, Amen. Amen. Be so kind enough on this special day to turn with us to the book of Malachi. Chapter 2, verses 13 through 17, uh, beginning a special series that will carry on a number of sermons, a number of weeks, rather. And uh, we want you to really come back because I cannot finish. This is about a 27-page sermon. And so uh, this is one of the most critical messages I've ever preached in the history of my pastorate. And I've been pastoring a long time. And I want to start it off this day, especially uh, on this Appreciation Day to our soldiers. Malachi chapter 2, verses 13 13 through 17. And there you'll find these words. And this is the second thing you do. You cover the altar of the Lord with tears. With weeping and crying, so he does not regard offering anymore, nor receive it with goodwill from your hands. Yet you say, for what reason? Because the Lord has been witness between you and the wife of your youth, with whom you have dealt treacherously. Yet she is your companion and your wife by covenant. But did he not make them one, having a remnant of the Spirit? And why one? He seeks godly offspring. Therefore take heed to your spirit and let none deal treacherously with the wife of his youth. For the Lord God of Israel says that he hates divorce and it covers one's garment with violence, says the Lord of hosts. Therefore take heed to your spirit that you do not deal treacherously You have wearied the Lord with your words, yet you say, in what way have we wearied him? In that you say, everyone who does evil 
is good in the sight of the Lord, and he delights in them, or where is the God of justice? And from this particular passage, I want to preach today, launching off a series called The Divorce Pandemic. The Divorce Pandemic. You say, well, why on Military Appreciation Day? Because many of our soldiers are divorcing, have divorced, contemplating divorce, and not only soldiers, but civilians as well. This is a pandemic that is affecting the whole world. Listen by way of introduction, if you will. There is a pandemic in our world today that transcends the bird flu, AIDS, or the E. coli outbreak. This disease is so monstrous, and yet it cannot be analyzed by the centers of disease control with a microscope, petri dishes for cultures, blood work, urinalysis, MRIs, and cannot be uh, analyzed with a CT scan. It affects every country and culture in our world. It does not care about race. It does not care about poverty. It does not care about wealth. It does not care about power. It neither cares about the amount of education that you have. It has a way of intruding into families that are Christians and non-Christians alike. It is one of Satan's best tools for destroying the family unit as well as the individual. Dr. James Dobson, founder of Focus on the Family Ministry states, and I quote, the institution of the family is the basic unit of society, the ground floor on which the entire culture rests. If it collapses, everything of value will go down with it. Unquote. When the family goes, beloved, so goes the city, state, nation, world, and ultimately will usher in the demise of society. The pandemic to which I refer is named divorce, and it is rapidly spreading around the world shattering the lives of everyone it touches, leaving blasted hopes and shattered dreams. Allow me now to share some grim statistics to show you just how devastating the pandemic of divorce really is. Number of people divorcing each year is 2.5 million. A recent study by the Barna Research Group released the results of their polls about divorce in 1999. They had interviewed 3,854 adults from 48 states. The survey found that 11% of the adult population is currently divorced, and divorce rates among Christians were significantly higher than other groups like atheists and agnostics. Multiple divorces are also unexpectedly common among Christians. Bonner's figures show that nearly one quarter of the married born again, 
of Christians get divorced two or more times. Among married Christians, among married Christians, 35% have experienced a divorce. That figure is identical to the outcome among married adults who are not born again. In other words, we're no different than the pagans who don't even know the Lord. The divorce rate in the United States is falling. You say, what? It's falling. A new study offers an explanation as to why the divorce rate is falling in America. Why? Because more people are shacking up instead of getting married. The number of unmarried opposite-sex couples living together has climbed from 439,000 in 1960 to more than 5 million now. The easy access divorce. A divorce may be granted using either fault or no-fault grounds. Fault grounds include adultery, abandonment, insanity, felon convictions, and cruel and inhumane treatment. No-fault divorce describes any divorce where the spouse asking for a divorce does not have to prove that the other spouse did something wrong. All states allow no-fault divorces. To get a no-fault divorce, one spouse must simply state a reason for the divorce, such as incompatibility, irreconcilable differences, or irremediable breakdown of the marriage. In other words, I've tried everything and I'm just getting out of it. Nothing's working. No fault is the easiest way to justify a divorce and makes it easy for a person to abandon his or her family. Look at verse 13, if you will, in Malachi chapter 2. If you don't have a Bible, someone knew you don't have a Bible, share your Bible so that they too can see this critical passage. Verse 13, and this is the second thing you do. You cover the altar of the Lord with tears, with weeping and crying, so he does not regard the offering anymore, nor receive it with goodwill from your hands. You see verse 13? In this particular verse, the Israelites are distressed because of God's displeasure at them for divorcing their wives to marry pagan women who would lead them into idolatry, which resulted in their offerings being rejected by Almighty God. The priests refused to face up to the seriousness of the sin of divorce. All divorce breaks the promise made at the time of marriage. Because the Lord did not accept their offerings with his blessings, they began to weep and wail and cry and shed tears because the Lord would not accept their offerings. The priests tried to appease God and they thought they could influence God through loud displays of emotions shedding of many tears, weeping and wailing, but before God, it was to no avail. 
in the phrase, in the phrase you see in verse 13, you cover the altar of the Lord with what? Tears. With what? Weeping. And with what? Crying. In other words, you see that in the text? God, in essence, was saying that your weeping and wailing meant absolutely nothing if the priest and Israelites were not going to have an undivided allegiance to God. The priests and Israelites violated the holy institution of marriage, divorced their wives, and married foreign non-Jewish women who would lead them into idolatry. Therefore, God spoke through the prophet Malachi, telling the Israelites, in my own words, stop your weeping. Stop your wailing. Just shut up. I don't want to hear you. God is the same God. He says, I am the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. I, the Lord God, does not change. And he is saying the same thing to the church today, beloved. There are many in the church today who instead of repenting and getting right with God, some of you under my voice, you shout, become slain in the spirit. You weep and you cry the whole sermon, making frequent trips to the altar during the invitation. Then leave the altar and the church with hard, rebellious, unrepentant hearts. After shedding many tears and weeping and crying, some of you in the church frequent strange and secret places or have relationship with foreign men and women on their cell phones who are not your spouse. You weep and you wail and you cry and you shed tears as if God's going to cry over you. Frequenting chat rooms on the internet having lewd and lascivious conversations. There are others in the church who are wearing a Christian label but are living in a strange relationship with a partner that you're not married to. And even worse, there are homosexuals and lesbians who have slapped the holy God in the face by perverting God's sacred institution, by blatantly abandoning God's holy design for marriage, by marrying the same sex and rearing children in that unholy union. Some of you cry, weep, wail, and shout in the church while holding on to your pornography, remaining addicted to drugs, souping down your alcohol, and running the lottery game in gambling. Some of you cry, weep, and wail, leaving the church, continuing to abuse your husband or wife, and then get mad at the person who tell you the truth about yourself. You don't have to say amen. God's saying amen. Stop your weeping, says Malachi. And Draper here today said, you out there who are not living right before God, stop your weeping, drop your tears, repent. God has stopped his ears from hearing the cries of hypocrites. Psalm 66, 18 says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, 
the Lord will not hear. God doesn't care about how high you jump, how big a Bible you hold in your lap, how melodiously you sing in the choir, or how you can operate the technical wise in the audiovisual ministry. If you're not going to repent and live right and walk right after you leave this church house, then God's saying, be quiet, you're sounding brass and tingling cymbals, and I don't hear those who, whose hearts are heartened against God. Look at the latter part of verse 13. It says, so he does not regard the offering anymore, nor receive it with goodwill from your hands. In other words, the Lord is saying that he will not accept an offering from those who are living in rebellion against him. I don't care how you live. If you're living bad, an offering, no matter how big it is, will not appease a holy God. He says, clean up your life, then bring an offering to the Lord. The Lord is saying he will not accept an offering from those who are living in rebellion against him. Look at verse 14. Yet you say, for what reason? Because the Lord has been witness between me, between you and the wife of your youth, with whom you have dealt treacherously. Yet she is your companion, your wife by covenant. The phrase, yet you say, for what reason? The priest and Israel attempted to play ignorant on God. Uh, they were playing ignorant before God as if they had no inkling or idea that they were committing spiritual adultery by abusing the sacred institution of marriage. Marriage is a legally binding contract and covenant made before God who is the unseen witness. The priest knew the law and were responsible for dispensing the law to Israelites and the Israelites were just as guilty because they too sinned knowing what the law of God had decreed. Proverbs, just jot this down. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 17 says, Who forsakes the companion of a youth and forgets the covenant of God? During this time, during this period of time, Divorce was practiced exclusively by men. The men broke their covenant agreement with God before their wives, some of whom uh, were, were as young as 15 years of age, their wives were. And uh, the Bible says the two become one. They totally disregarded God's original design for marriage, for marriage is a covenant relationship before God who made man and woman one flesh. Say one flesh. Look at verse 15. Are you looking with me? Hang in there. Now don't get too mad, so mad you tear out that page. Leave that page in there. <laughs> verse 15 says, but did he not make them one? Uh, underline that. Don't be afraid to write in your Bible unless it's not your Bible. But did he not make them one? having a remnant of the Spirit. And why one? He seeks godly offsprings. Now underline that. I'll get back to that in just a minute. 
he seeks godly offspring. Therefore, take heed to your spirit and let none deal treacherously with the wife of his youth. In verse 15, the phrase, but did he not make them one, goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 2, verses 21 through 24. Now, hold your hand in today's passage, and I want you to go all the way back in the first book, to the first book of the Bible. Because this, this, this passage, this phrase here, is a reference back to Genesis 2. But did he not make them one? Genesis chapter 2, verses 21 through 24, it says, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept. And he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in his place. Then the rib which the Lord God had taken from man, he made into a woe man, and he brought her, not him, he brought her to the man. Verse 23, and Adam said, this is now bones of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore, man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Beloved, in God's original institution, he made the two become what? One. Only one man and one woman. God did not marry two men or two women in the garden, and neither did he give Adam two wives or Eve two husbands. Polygamy was not in God's original design. Beloved, God created the family to raise up godly offspring. According to Genesis 1:28, God gave a command to be fruitful and multiply to Adam and Eve in order to have children and teach them the word of God to affect this world for righteousness, which will bring about the stability and civility to society. In other words, I want you to hear me real well. He says, be fruitful and what? Multiply. And what? Multiply. And that ought to be in the context of marriage. And the height of selfishness is when the Christian family does not want to have children for the sake of selfishness and inconvenience. And when we fail to produce children, we fail to be a godly influence on society being salt and light in a dark and decadent society. It's a dangerous thing when heathens have more children than Christians because this better equips Satan to fight against God and the church while our own ranks are diminishing because we don't want to have children because we don't want to disturb our comfort zone. I'm the oldest of six, three boys, three girls. My daddy, Sanders Draper, he's a sibling. He has 15 siblings, 16 of them, boys and six girls. And you know what? They made it. They slopped the hogs and then got pork chopped from the hogs. Amen. They... We went, and under the smokehouse, you got your eggs. And after you get the eggs, you get the chicken. Yeah. Rain the neck. 
I don't know what animal rights would do back then. And the chicken would flutter all over the place. Then you pluck the chicken. You clean the chicken. You singe the chicken. You fried the chicken. And you ate the chicken. Why don't you say amen? Amen. I really believe what Paul said. For any man don't work, he don't eat. If you didn't run catch that chicken, you didn't eat. Amen. We, they made it. They made it. They knew how to walk to, up to the spring. We walked to the spring and we caught rainwater off that tin roof. And we didn't worry about bacteria because the Lord is our shepherd. And he took care of us. Amen. We went hunting. In my neighborhood, I see little Bambi deers all over the place. But those deer would not survive back in Greenwood, Louisiana. They're all in my front yard. I said, somebody, get me a gun. Deer sausage, deer meat. Amen. Get that hog, hog moats and pit feet and pig ears and chitlins and some of y'all so sophisticated you act like you can't eat that stuff. What no H-E-B's back then? Do I have a witness out there? Wasn't no freezers back then. You just salted it down and you know what? God kept it. Now you put something in the refrigerator the next day you got to throw it out. Talking about I can't afford it. With 16 children, yeah, you can afford it. God will make a way. What you mean you can't afford it? Your parents, amen, you, listen, your parents, most of you, unless very few of you, if I know from most conversations I had, most of your parents didn't have much. How many of y'all parents didn't have much? But they had you. Now you can't have nobody. As committed children of the only true and living God, we walk by faith and not by sight. Life on earth is not easy. Yet, even in the midst of trials and tribulations, we have joy, hope, peace, strength, and God's blessed assurance as we face trials. Best yet, we look forward to hearing our Savior say, Well done, thou good and faithful servant, and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn. 
With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.